it's a pleasure to be here. I just want to thank Reverend Campbell for inviting me up to, to share my testimony with you all. As he was saying, I met him at the, the Derry Outreach, in, sorry, Derry, London Derry Outreach, should I say. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to meet you up there and spend some time doing outreach with you. And I uh, just want to come before the Lord in prayer before sharing testimony. So, Father, I just thank you that uh, you have given me a testimony to share that you have reached into my heart, Lord, and took my heart of stone and changed it into a heart of flesh, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that that you would take a hold of my lips tonight, Lord, that you would speak and that uh, you would be glorified through my testimony, Lord. Lord, thank you for this time. And Lord, I just pray for your help. Lord, it is not by might and not by power, but by your spirit, Lord, I pray that your spirit would minister into our hearts tonight and that you would receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so my testimony starts off with uh, my younger life. And uh, whenever I was younger, I grew up in a, a caring home. My, my parents really cared for me. They, they looked after me. I got everything that I needed, so I wasn't lacking in any areas of my life. There was clothes on my back. There was food in the cupboards. Um, and I was looked after, I got what I needed. But um, I was always told to believe in God, but I was never given any reason as to why I should believe in God. You see, I had many questions. I was like, who is God? And uh, where is he? You know, how do I know that this, this God that you're talking about exists? But the only reason that I was given to believe in God was because my parents... Their, their parents believed in God, so they sent me along to Sunday school and uh, different places, but um, I never got that um, knowledge of, of who God actually is. So um, my parents split up when I was, I was about eight years old, but shortly after that, my mom met my stepfather, and um, he had a family as well, so our two families came together to make one family. And um, ever since I was about eight or nine years old, the, our family was uh, together. And um, throughout my teenage years then, um, I, I started to rebel. Because I wasn't given any knowledge of the truth, I decided to go completely the other direction. Um, I hated going to Sunday school, uh, but my mom wanted me to go, so she pushed me along. I, I never really wanted to be there, and uh, I never listened. It went in one ear and out the other, and I was just waiting as quickly as possible to get out the door. But, um, yeah, I became an atheist in my teenage years, had no belief in God whatsoever, uh, didn't believe he existed, just wanted to, to go on and do my own thing, and... Um, I actually argued with my parents quite frequently. Um, and at one point, I actually swore that I would never step foot in a church again. And um, yeah, that worked out well for me, didn't it? <laughs> but um, yeah, so at the, throughout my teenage years, I thought that, uh, that I was invincible and that, that no one could hurt me. I was full of arrogance. Uh, I thought I didn't need anybody. I didn't really care about anybody. Um, I was very rude and mean to other people and didn't have many close friendships. I just had acquaintances, pretty much. And um, 
I used to swear every other word, every, every other word out of my mouth would have been a swear word. I took the Lord's name in vain without really caring about it. Like, you know, it was just, just another word to me. And uh, I started smoking cannabis as well at that age. And um, I would have just argued with people for the sake of it, for no reason. If, if somebody was saying it was black, I was saying it was white, you know, just for the, for the sake of it. And I thought I, I was so deceived by this notion that if I was to argue the other point, at some point in time I would come to the knowledge of the truth. But I never really got there. So... Uh, I held a lot of resentment uh, for my mother, and I didn't realize where it was coming from at the time. So uh, I started to take drugs and ended up smoking cannabis every day in my in my twenties, and um, I, I developed anxiety uh, and um, depression. And at one stage, I actually struggled to even go into a shop without any kind of fear. So I started searching for a way to, to be free from this anxiety. And uh, I was looking online and I came across uh, things about meditation. So I started uh, meditating and this was a, a form of meditation that was uh, like clearing your mind and allowing thoughts to just go and just sit in there at peace. But um, now looking back, that was just not the way to go. And um, at this stage, you may be thinking, why, why is this man telling us about all these worldly things that he did? And how is this God glorifying? But I just want to share with you a quick story that, uh, that happened to me recently. And then I'll tell you how this is glorifying the God. So recently I was talking to a, a brother in Christ about a time that I was uh, witnessing to a woman. And... Um, She's an atheist as well, and, and she was an, she is an atheist. And um, I was uh, trying to share the gospel with her, and she had a, a bunch of questions about uh, about Noah's Ark, like a ream of questions. So I emailed her a link to a video about uh, answers in Genesis, and they explained a bunch of stuff about uh, Noah's Ark. But the, the next thing you know, she had sent me an email with a list of questions about that length so there was about maybe 20 questions and I was thinking oh th this is great I'm gonna go and get to to share the gospel with this woman so I went and started looking into all these questions and like trying to find answers to them myself and um, the next day I went and actually had a conversation with her and tried to explain a couple of the answers but she seemed very standoffish and didn't really want to, to answer them so I asked her I was like uh, if these things were true, would you want to believe them? And she just said, oh, I just think it's a, a bunch of fairy tales, to be honest. And uh, as I was talking to my brother in Christ about this, he said that, that he believed that, that, that he would tend to think that, that she was a lost cause, that there was no point in witnessing to her. But you see, the reason I tell you this is because I was just like her. I would have been standoffish with these questions as well, not really wanting an answer to them, but trying to catch out other people. And, you know, I think this really shows how rich in mercy God is, what God can do in a person's life. If he can take all of these things and change me and give me a new heart, then he can do it for anyone. 
So it just it brought me to this verse in uh, Ephesians 2, and I just want to read it out to you. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we also had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the others. But God, and I love it whenever those two words come up in Scripture, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone, any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus on the work, good works, which God hath, hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So I say this to you as a, a form of encouragement, because I know maybe some of you actually go out and share the gospel with people yourselves, and if you come across people who have... Uh, who use a lot of bad language, who take the Lord's name in vain, who have really bad habits, then it can be really discouraging to, to hear those things. But I just want to testify to the fact that God is a God of the impossible and that he can take those people and change them and turn them into God-glorifying Christians, saved people. So... It's, easy to, it's easier for us to look at them and say that there is no hope for them, but this is why we look to God in all of these situations. So um, in my late 20s, my relationship started to get better with, with my parents. I was still smoking cannabis every day. I still had a foul mouth. I still had no concern about taking the Lord's name in vain, and um, I continued with meditation. And... Um, in my late 20s, I lost all my friends. I had an argument with one friend who was that, that friend who was like the bridge to all the other friends. And once I fell out with him, all the ties were severed and I lost all my friends. But God had a plan behind all of this because those were the friends that I was smoking with every day. And uh, this was the start of God's plan to remove me from those situations. So I was still searching for, for a way to be free from this anxiety that I spoke of earlier. So I found out about forgiveness online and uh, I realized that I was holding on to a lot of resentment from my mother and father. So I went and forgave all of those people who had wronged me in the past and I, I definitely felt a weight lifted there, but I still wasn't there yet. And Jesus says to forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I think that we can look to others who are uh, taking the Lord's name in vain, who are swearing a lot, who have bad habits, and that because we have such a great Savior who has forgiven us for our sins, then we should be able to forgive those who are sinning against us as well. So the moment that everything changed... Um, 
I was searching online and I found a video by a guy called Ray Comfort. And um, Ray Comfort is a, an Australian evangelist who goes and shares the gospel with people in the streets. And he records the interview and uh, posts it up online. So he goes through the, the Ten Commandments, the moral law with people. And as I was watching this video, he asked the questions. He was like, do you think you're a good person? And um, I was sitting behind the screen going, yeah, yeah, I think I'm a good person. He says, how many lies have you told in your life? I don't know, too many, too many. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yeah. Have you ever stolen anything, even if it was small? Yeah. Have you ever looked with lust? Yeah. And the charges just started racking up. And um, he said at the end of it all, he was like, if God was to judge you by these standards on Judgment Day, would you be innocent or guilty? And I would have been guilty. Heaven or hell, and it hit me. I was a sinner on my way to hell, and there was conviction in my heart after that. The Holy Spirit had come and convicted my heart. And I want to say that I would have responded to this right away, but it was two days later. Two days later, I was on my knees and confessing everything to the Lord. I was so convicted that I was trying to remember every single sin that I had ever committed in my life and just confess it all to the Lord and asked for forgiveness. So after this, um, I woke up the, the next day and uh, something was different. I didn't realize it at the time, but I stopped swearing and I stopped taking the Lord's name in vain and I had lost all desire for cannabis. I remember I swore once a couple of days after being saved and it just felt so wrong. It felt like it shouldn't be there. So the, the desire for swearing had gone and I went back to the cannabis one time and I remember smoking it and thinking, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. I, I just don't want to be a part of this. So, so I, was, I was new, I was different, but I had no idea how to be a Christian at all. I didn't know. I had never read the Bible before and um, I, I had just no idea. So I made no contact with my family for about two weeks because I was of the mindset. I was like, oh, they're sinners. Am I, am I supposed to be spending time with them? But now looking back, I realize how foolish that actually was. But uh, now I praise the Lord that, that now I can see that I'm a witness to my family and um, they're not yet saved, but I know that the Lord is working in their hearts. So I knew that uh, I needed to find a church and um, I'll just try and get through this story as quickly as possible. It's a, um, the Lord led me to the, the church that I'm in now in an amazing way. And um, I was sitting in my flat. I was a very young Christian. I'd never read the Bible. And um, I just made a simple prayer, asked the Lord to lead me somewhere. And um, just got the desire to, to get up and go for a walk. And as I was walking down the road, uh, I was walking past this field. And there was a lamb in the field that was lost. And it was crying out. It was... Uh, just, just crying out over and over again and I didn't really take notice of it and I was walking down the road and looked to the right and, and seen the sign for Oma Baptist Church and I said to myself you know what I'll, I'll call in there someday 
and uh, and see what's happening in there. And uh, I walked around to the other side of the field then, and I stood beside the rest of the flock. And I remember staring at them and, and thinking, I don't know why I'm standing here, but I thought it was significant in some kind of way. So two weeks later, I plucked up the courage to go into the church. And as I walk into the church, I look up on the back wall, and the first thing that I see is, Behold the Lamb of God. And I just knew that, that that was where I was supposed to be. Like I had no idea that that was even a Bible verse at the time. But shortly after, I realized that as I was praying in my flat, the window was open, and I could hear that lamb crying out from the place where I was praying. So since then, I've just been growing in faith. Um, I've started doing outreach on the, on the streets of Oma and Derry, Londonderry, and the odd time in Belfast. And, uh, and the Lord has, has really blessed me and encouraged me. And uh, I know that sometimes the, the Christian life can be very difficult. We can go through trials and tribulations. So I wanted to just um, share with you this one last verse before I finish here. It's uh, Romans 5. Verses 1 to 8. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet hesitantly for a good man one would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we may go through trials and tribulations in the Christian life. I've been through many. But every time the Lord brings me back stronger, more hungry, he brings me back more willing to to want to know him more and to trust him more. And um, as, as I've put my trust in the Lord, he has just shown me more and more each day. He's led me by his spirit. And without him... I would still be lost in this world. But I give all glory to God that I can testify here tonight of the saving power of his goodness and grace in my life. To God be all the glory. Amen.